On today's episode of Making the Call, it is all basketball, all the time. Myself, Austin, and Alex join you this week to talk about the Mavs and their series against the Phoenix Suns, how they how they tied the series over this weekend at two games apiece. We record this before the Game 5 game, so we do a little prediction. So whenever you're listening to this, you're going to find out whether or not we were just spot on in our prediction for Game 5 or whether we were, unfortunately for the Mavs, horribly wrong. Um, so that's the first part of the podcast. It's all about the Mavs, talking about the playoff series as a whole, the adjustments the Mavs made in Game 3 and 4, how some of those things could translate in the Games 5, 6, and maybe 7. And of course, we make our final predictions for this series because, as we mentioned on the podcast, the next time we record, we'll know the outcome of this series. So we make our predictions as we go into what is going to be a best two out of three between the Mavs and the Phoenix Suns. In the second half of the podcast, we stick around and we head really quickly on the other three series going on in the NBA playoffs. We give our thoughts and predictions on Bucks and Celtics, Sixers and Heat, Warriors and Grizzlies, make our predictions for all of those. And so it's it's a it's a jam-packed NBA podcast. We get into a lot of the nitty-gritty details, specifically with the Mavs. A lot of great discussion. It's a really, really fun podcast. Um, so I know you're going to enjoy it. Sit back, relax, and it's all coming up right after this. All right, here we are. We've got a AAA podcast for you tonight. It's myself, Andrew, with Austin and Alex. Uh, Trent and Rosie are taking the week off. Um, if it's the three of us on the podcast, then guys, you know what that means? It is all basketball. Mavs playoffs, NBA playoffs. Uh, you might also hear some uh, some Emma in the background, Austin's Austin's baby girl. So if you hear that, you know all the dads out there, you know what it's like. Triple A's uh, with an E this this evening. So. <laughs> EA Sports, it's in the game. <laughs> EA Sports. Oh, if only one trademarked. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's a yeah. We're here, guys. Talk about the Mavs. Talk about the NBA playoffs. Um, this Mavs series, I against Phoenix, Phoenix Suns. By the time all the listeners are listening to this, they will have know the out. They will know the outcome of Game Five. Uh, game Five is going to tip off in about an hour by the time we're recording this. But I want to mm-hmm. start out the conversation asking you all this, um, and you can decide who wants to answer first. But Mavs versus Suns going against the best team in the league. Where were you at expectation wise? going into this series. So coming off the win against Utah jazz. And then after the first two games, when we go back to Dallas and the Mavs are down two games to zero, where were your expectations at at that point? And then now here we go going into game five, the series is tied up. Mavs have won two straight. It's going back to Phoenix for game five. Where are you at now? So kind of a three part question, but just overall kind of your expectations for the Mavs throughout this playoff series, Austin, you want to go first? Sure. So first question was going into the series. Going into the series, where Going were you at? Is, I just wanted to win a game. Like, honestly, really? they're the best team, yeah, they're the best team in the NBA. Like, I just, you know, I've already had, we already had our success. And so, you know, in winning the first series. And so for me, it was all about just winning a game, proving that we could rock with Phoenix for at least just a little bit. And so then to my, you know, disdain after we lost game two. So, we'll, you know, okay, so we'll pause there. So that was your expectation going into the series. Yeah. Alex, you going into the series, where were you at? Me going into the series, I honestly thought it was going to go six or seven. I was sort of coming off high off Utah. You know, we played really well. But yeah, going into the series, I really thought we didn't match up. We didn't match up great, but I thought that we would play up to uh, Phoenix's level and get a game or two. 
I expected them to split going into the series, the first two games, if that helps. But like you expected to be one one after the first two. Yeah, I expected them to like figure them out after game one and get game two. Okay, so just kind of like what happened with right into that. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. So after game two, Alex, we'll start with okay. you. Um, yeah. Phoenix is down 2-0. Where were you at mentally? Yeah, after game two, I sort of where Austin was at the beginning of the series. I was just like, just don't get swept, please. Don't. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't deal with NBA Twitter just coming at us like, oh, Luca got swept, blah, blah, blah. You know, but yeah, yeah after game two, it was pretty low. Not going to lie. Yeah. Especially the way Chris Paul did us. That's tough. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about him. Austin, yeah. what about you? I think for me, I was thinking, oh, geez, it's happening. Like, I'm sorry. She is screaming. Um, <laughs> she is not happy. Too. Yeah, no. She's doing, I, her, she's doing her best Devin Booker impersonation. That's yeah. Okay. She's Ooh. like, oh, that was good. No, I think I was kind of in the same boat, but I was thinking like, oh, snap, here we go again. Like, we're going to lose two more and we're going to get swept. I was definitely more, geez, wow. I was definitely more <laughs> dismal. Than uh than usual after game two, not okay. I feel about how it sounds in my mic right now. That's how I felt after <laughs> game two. So <laughs> okay, so take us home then. Now we're going into game five. It's tied two two. Mavs just won the last two at home. Where are you at? I think we're gonna win in six. Really? Yeah. Mm. Okay. You know, I think I think we still win five and, and then we win it at home. Yeah, no, I think Chris Paul has a history of dropping two O series. And I don't know, I just I don't yeah, I think we're gonna win six. I it's I know it's a complete heart move, but like because yeah, if it go yeah. if it goes seven, I think Phoenix wins. Uh so I think we're gonna win in six. Okay. Okay. Alex. I'm a little more like pessimistically optimistic, like I don't know about six, like you know, the old saying goes, the series doesn't start until the home team loses. Like, we mm-hmm. still haven't proven we can play like this in Phoenix. It's really all about the role players. Like, can they do what they did in Dallas in Phoenix for one game? Mm-hmm. And it's all the pressures on Phoenix tonight. Like, I think they do respond. I don't know if we win in six, but I could see us winning in seven. Just like, because okay. Luka can pop off at any time, even That's in game fair. seven. I like, just feel like it, we've... He did it last time in Game Seven against the Clippers, but you know, I, f- I feel like we figured him out at this point. Yeah, like, and I, I, mean, I can't, I can't back down from my we're going to the Western Conference Finals, making the call two episodes ago. So, like, I yeah, it really just, it really just, I think it depends on how they start tonight. Like, if Phoenix still looks a little shaky and we're still like popping, I think we'll, I think we'll be good then. Has but, every yeah, game started with it. a Devin Booker three? <laughs> right? I think like I think every game has. So as long as we don't start like that, I think we're good. It feels like it. Yeah. yeah so this for sure, we know. So I'll answer those, and then we'll get into we'll get into some more of the nitty gritties of the series. But um, I don't know. I felt like I was more in the camp with you, Alex, going into the series, where I was like, I think the series is going to go six or seven, and mm. I thought if it went six, it was going to be Phoenix winning four two, and if it went seven, then it was a toss up because. Yeah, you could say, okay, they have Chris Paul and Devin Booker, but Luka has been phenomenal in the playoffs so far. So if you give Luka a game seven, then I like my chances there. Um, See, and I've got I've got PTSD from the Clippers series last year. So Yeah, but Ka- they don't have Kawhi Leonard, Leonard on the other side. Kawhi Leonard went like 
cyborg mode in that game. Yeah, seven. no, that's that's fair. I just you know mm-hmm. it's the number one clutch team all year, so that's where I get nervous. True. Yeah, it, I mean it's true, but I mean regular season and playoffs, it's it's very different. Yeah. But this is fair. So that's yes. where I was at going into the series after we were down two zero, and Alex, I think you know you, myself, and Trent, we talked about this on the podcast last week, but. Yeah. We were just, we were all just like, don't get swept. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you lose in five, it stinks, but okay, you know, but just don't go, just don't go 4 0. Don't, yeah, mm-hmm. don't get swept. Um, and now, I don't know, it's, it's tied up 2 2. And I know you can point to games one and two and be like, look at how bad the Mavs played in Phoenix in those first two games. But I think the adjustments that they've made in games three and four are going to translate to game five tonight. Um, yeah and we're gonna we're gonna get into those but i think that i don't think you're gonna see you i think you're gonna see a bounce back performance from chris paul obviously he's not i don't think he'll have more fouls and points um like he did in game four or have more turnovers than made baskets like he did in game three i don't think you're gonna get that again yeah but um yeah what were you saying what were you gonna say alex no i just really think what sort of piggybacking on what you're saying it's gonna be more how the Phoenix Suns like adjust and how we respond to that. Like, I really think they're going to try and feed Aiton a little more like they were doing in game one, try and get him more like 20 to 25 points instead of like 10 to 15. Yeah. He's only like, if he, I, I'd let Aiton get 10 or 15 and like eight or nine rebounds yeah. a night, like all day. Like, the last couple games, they haven't, used haven't him gone much. for that more. Well, he did. He had that one game in foul trouble. Yeah, um, and they they had to show up with our threes too. Like the two for three was not really gonna work in their yeah. favor. That's true. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. So let's talk a little bit about the Mavs and the adjustments that they've made, and or the adjustments they made in games three and four. When you all have been watching these games, what have been some things that have stuck out to you? Be like when you compare games one and two to games three and four, and you just look at like. Okay, this is this is what they've done. This is what has given them more success. And I, I'll start us off because you know, give you guys time to think about this. But to me, I think it's the emphasis that they've had on driving into the paint. Luca and Brunson have just been full steam ahead, going downhill to the basket, and it's either a layup for them, it's either a post up for them, which both of them are really good guards in the post, or it's a kick out for an easy three. And I think I saw a stat in game three when uh, Brunson had 28 points in that game. Brunson drove to the basket 26 times in that game. In games one and two combined, he drove to the basket 23 times. So he drove more times in game three than he did in games one and two combined. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's that's the when I'm thinking about this, that's the adjustment that sticks out the most to me is just their emphasis of like, who cares if you have Aiton in there? Who cares if you have Mikhail Bridges? Who who cares? We have Luca and Brunson, and these are really good ball handlers. So we're just going to throw them into the middle of the court and let them create from there. And I think, obviously, we've seen the results of that, and it's worked out really, really, really well. Um, turning it over to y'all, is there an adjustment that that other than that that you've seen in this series where you're like, okay, this is this is a stark difference between the first two games and the games three and four? I think for me, it's just, I mean, and I was listening to Locked On, and, you know, it's the stepping up on defense. You know, I think that their Suns had an offensive rating of over 130 in game one, or almost 130 in game one, and over 140 in game two. And then in games three and four, they had 
offensive rating of like like 118 and like 112 or something like that. And so the Mavs offensive rating hasn't been it's been relatively consistent in like the the teens or like 109 or something like that. But the stepping up of the defense, you know, the Reggie Bullock picking up Chris Paul from full court and exhausting him and frustrating him. I feel like those defensive adjustments, I feel like we're switching faster in games three and four than we were in one and two. And it's mm. um, kind of impacted the shot quality just enough to, you know, where the Suns aren't shooting over 50%. You know, they're shooting under 50% for the first time all playoffs. So I feel like that's been the biggest adjustment. It's not so much that we're winning with our offense. I mean, Luca had an okay offensive game, but like he could be more efficient. But we've stepped Which up is, on the defensive so end of the ball. I agree with you, but it's nuts to say like Luca was okay offensively because he wasn't that efficient. Yeah, like but 28. He still was 20 in game four, he's 26 points, seven rebounds, 11 assists. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he was fine. That was, <laughs> a, that was an, that's an A game from Luca. But what was the field goal? What was the field goal percentage on that? Nine, nine of 25. Yeah. So it just wasn't efficient, but sub 40, but yeah. And, and the three point percent from three. Yeah. That was worse. Yeah. But. Okay. So that's what stuck out to you. Alex, did you have anything in these, in as far yeah, as just one more point really is honestly, it's not an adjustment. It's more just like the guys were hitting their open shots and it took some pressure off of Luca. Cause the first two games, he just had to play out of his mind, and that was really tiring him out on defense. But mm-hmm. when we got back to Dallas, we just started hitting our threes again, and it took a lot of pressure off of Luka. And like you said, last game we went 9 for 25, and we still won pretty comfortably. So hopefully that stays good, stays the trend, you know? But Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, Jason Kidd said after game two, he was like, we yeah. need someone to join the party with Luca. Brunson and said, all right. Game three, Brunson said, All right, I'll join the party. And Brunson goes off for 28. And God, then you have Reggie Bullock hitting four of 10 from three, Finney Smith hitting four of 11 from three in those games. So they ended up with 14 and 15, respectively. Maxi Kleba goes two for four in that game from, from behind, the, behind the arc. Mm. And then in game four, it was a Dorian Finney Smith game okay. where he hit eight of 12 from three for 24 points. One off and the, you also had... It was one off the Mavs playoff record for uh, made threes, which is nine by Jason Terry. Sorry. Yeah. And then you had the bench in game four, gave the, gave you 36 points off the bench. Like that's that's a recipe for success right there. And um, yeah, Austin, what you were speaking to with the defense, I mean, you look at the point totals that they gave up to Phoenix. Game one is 121. Game two is 129. Game three was 94. Game four is 101. Like that 20 to 20 to 25 point difference. Yeah. Like that. It's been a difference. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Frank uh, Nielakina experience. Yeah. yeah. Nielakina with the, with the lockdown. On Booker. Gosh. When he hit that three in game four, I went, oh my I went gosh. Nuts. I mean, <laughs> it was amazing. I was like, oh my gosh. Shot too. It was, and like normally, because in you know he got a couple minutes in game one and two, I think, and offensively he wasn't great, but his ability to frustrate Booker was has been a key, you know, part of the the past couple of games. So, yeah. So okay, um, let's talk about talk about a few more things from from these first four games, and then we'll preview and make our predictions for game five, where we're either going to look like geniuses or look like idiots to the people listening to this podcast because they'll know the result of it by then. Um, I want to talk Chris Paul 
and the struggles that he had in games three and four, we meant, we alluded to them already. Game three, he had more turnovers than he did made baskets. Uh, game He had six turnovers in the first half, ended up with seven turnovers overall for the game. Game five, he fouled out. He had six fouls within the first few minutes of the fourth quarter. So in game two, you get eviscerated by him in the fourth quarter. Just absolute crushed. And I don't how do know you stop that, that? That's just, been so painful. <laughs> just have him not play in the fourth quarter. Like that's how you yeah. avoid the fourth quarter Chris Paul. Just don't let him play. That was a yep. stuff of nightmare in game two. I'm still not over it, but it was it, nice. It was terrifying. <laughs> it was nice that he was gone and we could focus on Booker. So how much of how much of Booker or how much of Chris Paul's struggles in game three and four do you think the Mavs can carry over into games five, six, and maybe seven? Is it sustainable? You know, is yeah. arguably the fourth or fifth best point guard of all time going to have, you know, I think career bad games. Yeah. Five I think that's just sort of up to how CP plays. Cause a lot of his, like it's been our good defense, but also it's just CP isn't making the shots he usually makes. Alex, did you just suggest? Did you just suggest that CP's performance is up to how he plays? <laughs> is, yeah. is that what you is that what you just said? I did, <laughs> but no, you're absolutely right. No, like, but you're right. No, like he's he just hasn't been normal, Chris Paul, and so like, what does he have to do? He has to play better. Like again, yeah, yeah, like, and stop looking for those phantom calls. Like obviously the rest have been watching tape. They're not going to give it. Well, hopefully this crew's been watching tape. We'll see. Yeah, But if you look at like those fouls, if you look at his face after the foul is called, like he knew what he was yeah, doing. Yeah. He, foul. he knew he, he was because he knows yes. what he's doing. But yeah. He didn't fight yeah. it. Like, and like Which, the whole Luca, I learned that from you. Like that's, that's what I think he said to him. But like the kid, the kid comment afterwards was great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's been like, that was I love Jason Kidd post game this year. I know. Happy birthday, yeah. CP, and like things like that <laughs> has been. It's just been. It's been fun to watch that element. I'll of tell it. you what the you know the the age thirty seven has not been great to Chris Paul so far. No, I mean crump crumb no. start. Yeah, poor guy. You know, getting old. Father shout time out, waits for no one. Shout out Jason Kidd won the title when he was thirty seven though. So yeah, he did. True. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah, I I don't know the Chris Paul stuff. You mentioned it, Austin, but like, I do think having Reggie Bullock pick him up full court literally the entire game is a big factor because, like we mentioned, he's 37. Like, if you can tire him out, if you can exhaust him, mm. if you can attack him on defense and just wear out those legs, then come the fourth quarter, he's not going to have the legs underneath him to go 13 of 13 in the fourth or whatever he did in that, in that Pelicans game in game six. Like, or game five or whatever. Um, so I think that's the big key. I think you continue putting that defensive pressure on him and that puts the pressure on everyone else on Phoenix to make shots. And I'm okay with that. If it's if it's Jay Crowder hitting five of seven of his threes, sure. I'd rather that I'd rather Jay Crowder get going than Chris Paul get to his spots. Like that's I'll take that. If we lose because Jay Crowder hit a bunch of threes, then I'm okay with that. Then you know, yeah. Chris Paul torching us for 30 and Devin Booker torching us for 35. Like that's, I'd much rather take my chances with Jay Crowder. I'll take those chances, but maybe don't give him so many open looks at the clam, same time. Clam chowder. 
Like, I don't know. Give him, give him a little attention, you know? No, I mean, I agree. You don't want to just let someone walk into threes. Like Especially like game been. one, game one or game two. Like he, that man torched us. All yeah. And game three and game four. And yeah, he's I mean, been, he's been money. 60%, I think. Jeez. Yeah, it's nuts. Game four, he was only, I'm surprised. Game four, he was two of seven from three. I thought he was better than that. He was uh, six of 13 overall for 15 points. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sick of Jay. I'm sick of Jay Crowder. I'm sick of watching like his attitude. I his... wish we would have kept him, dude. That's why we're sick of him because we never always... kept, kept him. <laughs> I always forget we had him. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> oh Dwight goodness. Powell okay, trade. Dwight Powell. Let's I know talk. How Andrew feels about Dwight Powell. You know what? They've been using him the right way in the series. I agree. Of, you get him out there for the first every couple game. minutes. He gets a foul or two. Get him out there we... so that Phoenix can win the opening tip and then. Yeah. Go on have, have we, we haven't won the tip yet, right? No, not a chance. No. It's the, the, every game has started. They win the opening tip. Devin Booker hits a three. <laughs> like that's yeah, a not a chance. Um, not yeah. today. Let's talk quickly about this. The fan interaction with Chris Paul's family in game four. Um, all of us know about it. The listeners, you all know about it. But uh, basically... The initial reports was that he, the this fan, quote unquote, laid hands on Chris Paul's mom. Later, you come to find out that it, he was offering like unwanted hugs and taps on the shoulder and saying Happy Mother's Day to him because it was on Sunday. Which I'm not excusing that. Don't put your hand, don't touch a stranger if they don't want to be touched. Like that's just blanket statement. Um, but I don't know it. It, it seemed like it was a lot worse when the reports were first coming out. And then as we've gotten more information, you're like, okay, this was a high schooler who was drunk at a, bas- at a basketball game, which I don't know how he was drinking because he was like 18. Um, clearly he was being it. Was that woman with him? Like, who was that? That was his yeah, mom. That was, sure. I think it I was, was like, his aunt. That's how he was drunk. She's yeah, the cool, she's the cool aunt. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. pre-gaming. <laughs> so obviously he was... I don't know. He was an entitled Brad and Highland acted Park like kid. a acted. Highland yeah. Park probably kid. a Highland Park kid, you know, probably goes to the same school that Clayton Kershaw and Matthew Stafford went to school and they were Yo, teammates. Did you know, you know? I was like, did you know they were teammates? <laughs> no way. That's like that vine. And they were teammates and they were teammates and they were roommates. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a crappy situation. Um, I mean, I understand Chris Paul's frustration. Like, that's your family. Oh, yeah. You're in a hostile environment. You've been in the league a long time. You put up with crap from fans for Lord knows yeah. how many seasons. It was like 16, 17 seasons, something like that, or something maybe longer. Like, well, and I'm sure Chris Paul's probably thinking, like, yeah, talk, say whatever you want to me, but like, don't mess with my mom. Like, keep, exactly. keep your hands it's up Mother's my Day. Mama. Like, keep, keep your hands up my Doritos. That's right. Yeah, I'm betting it was like some sort of like high school bet type thing they're like bro that's chris paul's mom go try and hug her dude dude don't do it like, <laughs> what are the odds you go hug chris paul's mom like, I'll give you five bucks. <laughs> some you're probably right i mean yeah, it was a stupid situation yeah. we all um, disagree with it blown out of proportion not reflective of... what's that no blown out of proportion no, no, no. you don't no, think no, so no. don't touch <laughs> well i mean the don't touch. <laughs> No, I'm talking about like afterwards. Like it, what I'm saying is, it wasn't. Well, as bad oh as yeah, yeah. Okay. Initially, yeah, it wasn't. Like, it wasn't. He he put hands on her or something yeah, like that. It wasn't. Yeah, like I think. Was, I think the, the wording was weird from the Mavericks was was pretty weak. 
Yeah, they basically banned him for the off season. Yeah, they like yeah they banned him for the off season. (laughs) No summer games for you. (laughs) Yeah, they said you can come back in twenty twenty three. So like, so the rest of this playoffs and then the first two months of the season. Yeah, Yeah. he misses the two months that really don't matter. (laughs) So it's not good. The Mavs have played like crap in those months for the past two or three years anyway. So yeah. January would be a good time to return. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Like, I don't know. The whole, like, the whole punishment the Mavs handed down on the fan or whatever, it's something that, like, we're going to talk about for 24 hours and we're not yeah, going to think about it ever again. <laughs> we're not going to think about it ever again. We're not going to be like, oh, I wonder, yeah. I wonder how long that fan from that one playoff game is still banned. Like, yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to watch the Mavs. And I mean, like, let's go back, let's anyway. go back a week and a half. The, Lady that chained herself to the hoop at the Minnesota Timberwolves game. The multiple. Oh. The, that was how long, that was awesome, Luke. Like, can you recall cool. what? Can you recall what her ban was from the stadium? No, Is I do. I'm saying. I'm assuming. I don't even know. That's the thing. Like, that we is. talk about the woman that got absolutely body checked by that guy who was eyeing her the whole time. <laughs> hey, that was, <laughs> it was ready, slam. ready to that go. Dude, he needs a promotion or something. Dude, yeah, she needs the some, police force. She needs some milk, and he needs a promotion. <laughs> some milk. He needs some oh, milk. Man. Okay, game five. <laughs> we need a sound bite for that. We need to go find it. But <laughs> game five. Game five. Uh, it is in Phoenix, and what do we expect to see in game five? How do we think Phoenix is going to respond? And I'll even pose a question like this. I'll give you a bunch of different ways you can take this. How do the Mavs win game five? What needs to happen? So when you wake up tomorrow morning, everyone listening to this podcast, and they're like, oh, the Mavs won game five. Here's how it happened. And then how do the Mavs lose this game? How does Phoenix win? So several ways you can take it. Go. Uh, I'll start. Phoenix wins if the Mavs shoot like sub 30% from three. Honestly. Okay. Yep. I mean. Yeah. yeah. Sub, maybe sub 35, honestly. like, Or maybe they, the other key is like they got it. If they shoot over like forty, and they're hitting, that's another. That's been that's, another key for this. That's series. the target is 40, 40 to yeah, forty to fifty ish around there. Mm-hmm. But hmm. it's it's also probably just containing Chris Paul and Devin Booker and just making sure none of them go off for more than like thirty points. You know, like they can yeah. get fifteen to twenty, but nobody. But if- Try and contain them is what I'm saying. So I think maybe that, I mean, from a Mavs perspective, Phoenix wins if they don't shoot well, obviously. But I think Phoenix also wins if Aiton finds his stride Aiton in, or game, in game five. Because, I mean. Maybe even Bridges. He's sort of been non-existent. Yeah, Bridges has been non-existent. But I think if you get Aiton cooking in the paint, the, or in the paint, you know, it opens up. Shots beyond the arc, you know, because we have to honor that. And then, yeah. you know, I mean, Devin Booker is a shooter. Chris Paul. For all of his assists. Yeah, I mean, Booker's be been shooter. playing great. They really just need one more person. To, they need a two-man game to beat us. So that's yeah. basically the key. Like, yeah. let you one think, guy so go off. you think off, they need but... to get more out of, like, Landry Shamit and Cam Johnson? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I was thinking campaign. <laughs> campaign needs to play, <laughs> like, face. the point god. Campaign has been yeah. painful to watch if you're a Suns Dude, fan. It's been fun to watch. Keep playing him, please. Yeah. yeah. He's trying Gosh, to find a shot. We just kept going to the well on campaign. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the so Phoenix wins if the Mavs struggle shooting from three, or they get any of the role players going, Aiton, Bridges, whoever. Yeah, just like really a basically, of that. Dallas for the past two games has played 
near perfect games against Phoenix from just like a team defense standpoint. Like, I feel like we couldn't play much better against Phoenix. And so I feel like the Mavs have to play like an almost perfect. We just have to keep playing an almost perfect game if we want to win. That's they, that's um, how I see it. But yeah, they also can't let the uh, the refs or the crowd get into their head because it's going to be a hostile environment. Phoenix has a really good crowd, so that's another key, I think. Like, Shout Luka out to the Phoenix be crowd for chanting "Suns and Four at you know at the end of Game Two. Yep. Yeah, that that worked out. <laughs> at what point does Phoenix become a bad city? I think they are. Yeah. Well, right wouldn't, now it be, wouldn't it be Arizona's a bad city? Arizona's bad. Arizona's <laughs> Phoenix. City. Phoenix is a city, buddy. <laughs> well, yeah. He doesn't get it. I know. You, I mean, you don't I get, get it. it. I get it, but like it's it took too long. <laughs> I did. It took well, too long. Well, okay. Sorry. So let me let me give I you a, a little screaming bit of, child. Let me <laughs> let me give you a little bit of um, optimism here for Mavs fans. So game four was on Mother's Day. What was a notable Mavs playoff game that was on Mother's Day? Hmm. I wonder. Hmm. Would it be the Mother's is, Day is Something about like a, like a, 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 mans- uh, no, a massacre. A sweep, a sweep of the defending champs? From the year yes. Before? I think, so I 20, think that... 2011. It what was also great, the second round. Western Conference game. semifinals. Game four... Against the Lakers, Mother's Day massacre. Mavs shot a million threes, made a million threes, and they swept the Lakers. Did you know that they made the same amount of threes in that game that they did in this game? Ooh, I did. Game four. Yeah, I did. They yeah. made they made the same amount of threes, which shows you how bonkers it was back then because it was not as big of a three point shooting error like no. we are in now. No. Um. So that was game four. Game five is tonight. Um. An a. a Another moment in Mavs history, game five of the Western Conference Finals in 2006. So the last time the Mavs made the finals, Mm -hmm. they were going up against Phoenix. And it was the Western Conference Finals in game five. Dirk put up 50 and 12 in that game. The Mavs won. Go ahead. Go ahead. Book it, baby. So that brings me to my next point. Now it's Bertone. Which is... (laughs) <laughs> the fear of God. Bertans puts the fear of God in his eyes. <laughs> so that brings me to my next point. We have not gotten the crazy Luca game yet this playoffs. And you might be looking at stats, be like, wait, Andrew, what are you talking about? Game one, Luca had 45 points, 12 rebounds, and eight assists. Like, I think that classifies as a crazy Luca game. We lost. Did you? We one we lost that game, and if you watched that game, I went back and checked. Mm-hmm. Luca got ten of those forty-five points in the final five minutes, and the game was already out of hand. So, yeah, yeah you could say okay, so he had thirty-five points, but like that game was never close. So I don't consider that game a crazy Luca game. Um, we haven't gotten one of those yet, and we could get that one tonight. We could get it in game six. We could get it in game seven, but we're going to get a crazy Luca game. Where he goes off for, you know, forty-five points. He shoots seven of ten from three. He has twelve assists. He has thirteen rebounds. Like that game's coming. And what better game to get it than, you know, mirror what Dirk did in Game Five in two thousand six against the Phoenix Suns? Was it in Phoenix 50. or was it at home? 
Was that home? It was at home. Ah, oh, dang it. It was almost perfect. But still. But still. Still. So I think that's how the Mavs win tonight, game five. Is tonight's the oh yeah, Luca's like, you know, tied with Michael Jordan for most points per game in the playoffs in history. Like this dude's really good. And I think that's tonight. I think that's how the Mavs win. And I, I think hope, the Mavs lose for all the reasons right. that y'all said. Yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the Nick Wright prove it game. He's gonna make him go on another rant. Can't wait. I love it. Yes. Dude, <laughs> shout out to Nick Wright. I mean, I used to not that's like that guy as far as the sports, you know, mm-hmm. media personality goes, but the way he has gone to bat for Luca, I'm like, all right, you're you're invited. You're invited to Thanksgiving he's dinner. Like, he's like the first like basketball media person really to do that, other than like mm-hmm. you know JJ Redick because he knows mm-hmm. Luca. But yeah, hey, no, absolutely. Can you remind me who's reffing again tonight? Is it not anybody? That, it's um, it's a couple people that Matt, we've seen, right? The Mavs have won the two games. The head ref is refed. I don't oh, remember. Okay. His, I also don't oh, yeah. remember his name off the top of my head. So that's another. Good I couldn't remember if right that was now. this game, okay. or, this game, or last game. It is, uh, give me just a second. Officials, David Guthrie, Sean Wright, and Tom Washington. Guthrie worked game two and six of the Utah series, which were both Mavs wins. Wright worked game six, Mavs win. Mavs have not seen Washington in the playoffs. Yeah, this new guy. So there you go. All right, prediction time. Prediction for the series, because by the time we have the next podcast, this series is going to be over, because game six is going to be Thursday, Game seven, if necessary, will be on Sunday. So the next time we convene for this podcast, the Mavs are either going to be in the Western Conference Finals or they're going to be at home. So prediction for the series. Let's go. Mavs and six. Sticking to it. Going Mavs and seven. I think they lose tonight. (sighs) Mavs and seven for me. Get your negativity out of here. Mavs and seven for me, but I'm hopeful. I want it to be Mavs and six. I got got the Mavs covering, though. Vegas has them as a seven-point dog. Oh, go ahead and that's book insane. That. Book it. It's it opened as the game six, when they got two. blown out in game one. They only lost by seven. Yeah, we won't talk about game two. You could go under. We don't two, talk about Bruno two fifteen. That's pretty high. I hate so I haven't seen Encanto. This is a controversial take, but I hate oh, it's every, good, dude. I hate every single song I've heard from it. Maybe it's because I haven't seen the movie. But oh no, it's a good about, movie. The we don't talk about Bruno thing annoys the snot out of me. But <laughs> maybe it's just because I haven't seen it. So. Yeah, you should watch it. It's a good one. You can watch it with uh, with Emma. Maybe I'll watch it after Luca drops seventy seven tonight. So, out a boy. Yeah, I like it. All right, so I'm going Mavs and seven. Alex is going Mavs and seven. Austin's going Mavs and six. It's happening. Awesome. All right, let's shift gears a little bit. Did you have anything else on the Mavs, real quick? Go Mavs. Go Mavs. Go Mavs. The all right. Energy. The energy in the AAC also, has been amazing too. Shout out to yeah, all of us. True gotta say that yeah shout out to all of us we're all wearing our Mavs jerseys tonight we're all wearing different ones alex is going with the navy blue uh statement jersey for luca austin has the green luca 77 jersey i'm going with the vintage dirk 41 uh it was one of the special edition ones for his jersey retirement so um, is that the earring jersey this is what? um no it, so when this you was remember never Dirk had an like a, oh I didn't yeah this was never actually one that was like worn it's like a special oh like, never mind design because like the numbers and letters are I like think it's the same era of Austin I think you're right it is the same type of earring. same era but yeah slightly different me. back um, in the nineties yeah so shout out to all of us wearing the Mavs jerseys yes. let's talk about the rest of the NBA to wrap up the podcast um 
three other series going on. We've got the Sixers and the Heat playing right now, uh, which at the time when we are recording, it is currently 99 to 70 for the Heat Heat in game five. Oh, gosh. So Heat are going to win game five. They're going to go up three games to two. Embiid uh, got rocked in the face. Did y'all see that? I didn't see. No, it. I didn't. Embiid, he, he came back, but like, dude, dude got rocked in the face. It was bad. Was it intentional or like, did he just happen to put his hand there on accident? I don't know. I just saw him on the ground. So, mm-hmm. so on this series, Sixers Heat. Um, for all these series, let's do thoughts on the series so far, and then predictions. Um, I'll start with Sixers Heat. To me, it was like if Embiid's not going to play, then Heat's going to sweep. Um, yeah. When Embiid came back, I was like, okay, Philly has a chance. They won game three and four, so it was tied 2-2. And I think mm-hmm. the series goes seven. I think it goes seven, and then it'll be game seven in Miami, and who knows <laughs> who knows what's going to happen. I think if I'm the Sixers, I don't let James Harden go to Miami for game seven until an hour before tip-off because I do not want that that boy <laughs> out on the town. <laughs> In Miami, like if I'm trying to win the game, then I'm I'm telling I'm telling him I'm saying, dude, you're gonna go hang out in Scottsdale, and then we'll fly you to Miami when it's time to when it's time yeah. to go, or just send him it on was, a bus. It'll take him two days to get there. Yeah, <laughs> it was interesting to see vintage Harden, you know, in Game Four. You know, I, I think first that's, first time we've seen that in like three yeah, no, years. that's the first time we've seen it in the playoffs maybe ever. Um, yeah, but. You know, his stat line, he's like 5 of 13 tonight. So, I think yeah, we're back bad. to... That's the Harden we know and love. Yeah, that is the Harden we know and love. I think as Jimmy Butler was kind of starting to pop off the last time I looked. What's he at? Uh, I don't know. I'm looking. Okay, here. Hold on, I'm pulling it up. Jimmy Butler. Oh, and never mind. He's just... I guess he didn't play very well in the second half. He's got 23. Yeah. Nine and six. Jimmy Buckets. I can't believe he scored that much in game four and then they lost. That was crazy. So I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Miami and seven is my prediction. Miami and seven sounds good to me too. Uh, I I wanted to say Miami and seven too, but I'll just say six just to not be the same. But they are going back to Philly. They got to show they can play in Philly. But like Austin also said, Embiid just got rocked in the face. So we'll see. Miami at six. I mean, props to him for like playing through this crap. Like, yeah, concussion yeah. protocol and a and a broken like what orbital? I don't know what it's called. Broken face, basically. Like broken face. Yeah. It gets to join the elite club of masked NBA stars. <laughs> Apparently that. It sucks flying like that too with the cabin pressure. So oh, I didn't, oh, oh sure. gosh, yeah, oh, that sounds I'm terrible. Sure I'm sure my it's face, been a brutal. My face just weeks. started to hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So other other series in the East, you have the Bucks at Celtics. Celtics won on Monday night uh, to tie the series up at two games apiece. So we go back to we go back to Boston actually. Yeah, we game do. Five. The the Al Balls Horford the resurrection, so the Al Horford yeah. resurrection game. Man is thirty five. Yeah, that in him. Gosh, yeah. it was in, it was insane. I've always liked the way he played. I feel like he's always been a very fundamental player. 
yeah. that can post up and then knock down shots and plays good defense. And just, and I feel like just the way he like responded to uh, Giannis's stare down of him, he's like, okay, yeah, yeah. it's like okay. fine. That. He he was he was out to end Giannis's career last night. Like, yeah, it was fun. It was that was pretty insane. This has been my favorite series other than the Mavs series so far. Oh yeah. You know, it's been fun to watch. I mean, these are two defensive juggernauts in the East. Um who would you guys rather match up with? You know, assuming I Celtics. I think that I think that the Bucks and the Celtics are the two best teams in the East. So I think that the winner of this series goes on to the finals. Dude, that's so, so I agree with you and I feel that same way about Mavs and Suns. I think yeah. whoever comes out of this series is going to the finals. Warriors haven't looked great. They've, they've looked fine. I've been I've been I've been but not on the Warriors kind of being overhyped this playoff since the very beginning. I'm on record on this podcast, but Yeah, but then the hard like, works out. They've had the Memphis, easiest like Memphis isn't scrubs so though. Like that's the thing. Like your argument was they play well against scrubs, mm, but they play well Memphis against Memphis isn't scrubs, but now they're pretty banged up. And Memphis yes, was like, yes, they were good without Jaw. Twenty one and different. three without Jaw. Dude, dude Jaw was giving them thirty five, thirty eight a game before he got out. Like mm. this isn't the regular season. They need Jaw. They do need Jaw. I, I mean you I saw you just... saw you saw Dylan Brooks try to shoot a step back three to for a buzzer beater last night. Like that's why you need Jaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> would have just dunked it. So it's okay. Oh, Dylan, really strong. Yeah. No, I. You know, I like. I admire. You know, this young Grizzlies team doing what they're doing, but I think that the experience has really been kind of the separation. For, yeah, yeah. Like the Warriors have been here before, and like I don't think I am on record as to opposing Andrew's thoughts on this. Like. I don't think the Warriors are overhyped. Like I think they're a good basketball team, but the Mavs matched up well with them this season, so I'm not necessarily worried. I think they're a good basketball team. I just think they're the third best team in the West in the playoffs right now. See, I agree with that, but I just don't think yeah. they're scrubs. Not a so. bad take at all. And yeah. I think after that Denver series, everyone was just like penciling them into the finals, being like, "Wow, they're gonna they're gonna give uh, Phoenix a run for their money." and I mean, I was I was listening. I remember listening to all these podcasts after the first round, and they were all talking about second round previews. And every single one I listened to was like, "Man, we deserve. We're going to get a Phoenix Golden State matchup in the Western Conference Finals. It's going to be fantastic." I was like, "Let's slow down." Like, Aiton would eat them alive because so, the Mavs yeah. have better well, defense than the Warriors. Why isn't Aiton eating us alive? You know, because it's the same. It's the same thing. It's like because obviously because of the defensive impact of Dwight Powell. <laughs> Yeah, Maxi, not Dwight. Come on, <laughs> Dwight's a decoy. <laughs> All right, so prediction on Bucks Celtics because I agree with you, Austin. I think the winner of this series is going to the finals. Oh gosh, this is such a hard. It's going seven. There's no question in my mind about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when it comes down to it, I think you know not having Middleton hurts and Drew Holiday has been terrible, but Giannis is the best player in the world. And so I can't bet against him. So, Bucks and seven. Bucks and seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. Alex? Yeah, I'm going Celtics and seven. What they showed me just last night is they're just so much deeper than the Bucks. Like, maybe, I don't know, Drew can wake up a little bit and be a little bit more efficient. But if Giannis isn't going for 45 or more a night, the Celtics just have too much in their defense. Which he, is too good. which he has done in the past. He's gone for like 40. Well, oh yeah. He's oh, definitely yeah. capable of it. Like, I'm oh not, yeah. 
The Celtics are probably the best. For sure. The Celtics are the best defensive team that he's probably ever faced in the playoffs. It's also like the, this year. The, the Celtics just got to win two games at home and the Boston Garden in the playoffs. That energy is sort of unmatched. It's just. Yeah, I get that. That city's wild. So, I don't know. It'll be, it'll okay. definitely be a fun series. It'll definitely be, go seven. Do y'all think if Chris Middleton's in this game, then it's Bucks and six and you don't even worry about it? I think it's still Bucks and Probably. seven, but I think. Because I, I, I don't know. They've been playing Middleton, so close without him. Yeah, if Middleton's in the series, they don't lose in Milwaukee. Because Ja, I agree I mean, with not Ja, Giroux, Giroux would be playing better too. Because he wouldn't be I mean, having to carry the load of the number two guy. Yeah. They, they would have just need needed like 20 points from him. Like nothing crazy. Yeah. Well, and you know, yeah. I'd be more concerned. And about. It, would, it would be a more efficient shooting night for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. he's chunking up shots right now without Middleton in that lineup. He was... He was five of twenty three last night. And I, was, I won't bring up the sleeper squad loss. Like, <laughs> I was I think he's so shooting mad. like thirty eight percent for the series or something crazy like that. He's just Jeez. chucking up so many shots. It's not great. I think he said he had a one hundred sixty eight points on one hundred seventy shots. Didn't somebody send that in the chat? Something I think he's like that. Yeah, hundred something uh, like that. He's got more shots than he has points. So. And hmm. like Grayson okay. Allen's like their sixth or seventh man too. That's just that shows you their lack of depth right now. Yeah, Grayson Allen has hit some clutch shots though. He has. He's just he's and it pains he's, me because I don't like the guy. But oh yeah, nobody does. So I'm going. So my prediction for this is I'm going Celtics in seven. Oh, I'm the lone Bucks pick. Alex, yeah. you go Celtics in seven. Austin, you go yeah. Bucks in seven. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Final one. Go over to the West. Warriors versus Grizzlies. Warriors up three games to one. John Morant is likely out for the remaining, uh, the remainder of the playoffs uh, with a bone bruise on his knee. Um, I, I think that's Warriors in five. Warriors in five. Warriors in six. Mostly just because I, I sort of think the Grizzlies have a little fight in them. Little they'll win at home. Maybe not try and get. Gentlemen, sweet. You think Dylan Brooks but... is going to put the team on his back? Oh, Dylan yeah, Brooks he's... is going to have five step back threes. <laughs> also, sort of just like picking because this is sort of what I want to happen. I don't want the Warriors to have a big rest in between while the Mavs and Suns duke it out in seven. But yeah, I, I think agree. They got a little, I agree with that. Okay. They got a little fight. So we'll see what they can do at home. Okay. All right. So those are our predictions. Um, we're going to know the outcomes of all these by the time we record next week. So yeah. let's just, let's see how we do. So to wrap it up, I'm going with heat and seven Celtics and seven warriors and five. Austin is going heat and seven bucks and seven warriors and five. And then Alex is going heat and seven, right? No, I said heat or and heat six. and six. Yeah. Alex is going heat and six. Celtics in seven. Yep. And Warriors in six. Yep. All right. Oh, and then we're all, and then Alex and I are saying Mavs in seven. Austin is saying Mavs in six. Mavs in six. So those you are guys, our predictions. You guys are going to eat crow next week. Whenever I we hope, hope so. so. I, hope, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, gosh, like I hope Al Horford, so. like Al Horford <laughs> last night. All right. Well, that's the podcast guys. That's a, that's a, a great NBA discussion. Um, Basketball. Fun. 
Gosh, basketball featuring, is my favorite sport. I featuring like guests up and down the court. Guest speaker Emma on the <laughs> sobs in the background. If you've made it this far, she's cute Emma, and she's happy. I promise. Emma, Emma was the Mark Jackson of this podcast. He just <laughs> she interjected herself just every now and then, and you're like, "What are you even doing?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Hey. laughs> Mavs fan right. for life. True. Shout out, yeah. shout out to Matt uh, Axelson and his Sacramento Kings for not hiring Mark Jackson. I consider that an absolute win. That that's a dub for sure. And they, <laughs> they got a playoff win last night with Mike Brown at the helm. First yeah, for the Warriors. Six. Shout out. The All right, y'all want to y'all want the dad joke, and then we'll go watch the Mavs game. All right, hit us with it. Let's go. All right. If April showers brings May flowers, what do May flowers bring? Pilgrims. <laughs> yes. That's a good one. I should have seen All it right. coming. <laughs> so that's going to do it for the small, podcast. Smallpox too. So. Oh gosh. <laughs> Thank you so much to uh, Alex and Austin for jumping on this week. Talk about some Mavs and some NBA. Uh, thank you so much to you lovely listeners for listening to us. Um, I really hope we look like geniuses talking about how the Mavs win game five when you're listening to this tomorrow. Uh, thanks for listening. Make sure you are following us on Twitch. Those of you who are not, um, we're at twitch.tv slash making the call. If you don't have a Twitch account, do us a favor, create one real quick and follow us. That's best way you can watch all of our podcasts live whenever we stream them on Twitch. It's a great way to just be more involved in the podcast. You can interact with us in the chat and things like that. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week to talk about hopefully the Mavs' upcoming matchup in the Western Conference Finals, maybe some NFL, maybe some fantasy. We're going to have a lot of great things in store for the podcast next week. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time.